0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And thank you so much for joining us. We, um, oh, I rewrote a tagline for something and I don't remember where I put it. Hmm. So I'm trying out some new, I'll give you an explanation in a minute, but I'm trying out some new taglines and, um, because anyway, We are a married couple of four children living in Montana, and this podcast is full of uh, unrehearsed conversations around um, marriage, family, food, and people generally being weird and hard. So my new tagline is something like that. But anyway, so we can't tell you where we're going to go, but I will tell you that if you look into the show notes right now, you'll see a brand new format that includes uh, timestamps, And roughly what we're talking about in that particular section of the show. So you could skip forward and find some new things. Um, So the reason I was thinking of a new tagline is because I'm I'm collating or coalescing, um, not too busy to flush 2.0, but more along the lines of um, just being a lot more intentional about what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing here is we're trying to I believe, and you guys, you listeners can feel free to correct us if we're wrong, but not only provide an encouraging uh, commentary and outlook on raising life and living as Christians in a fallen world, but also kind of just conveying a sense of normalcy and allowing you to join us on our journey. So in a sense, we're sharing our lives with it, but um, not in a, I'm not too keen on the, you know, the YouTube family, you know, those. Yeah. Uh, that's not really our jam. But I do believe
1: <clears throat> I had a seminary professor who was told that he had a face for radio. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way about us. We we do well. Yeah. In the we sit down and talk once a week, but the we make YouTube videos or vlogs about our life or Instagram reels. I've never No, I can't say that. I was going to say I've never made a reel before in my life. But I did actually because Instagram is now doing this thing where it takes memories if you're Mm -hmm. scrolling and it, it suggests reels and it even puts it to music for you. And there was one of a super, a day of just super faith cuteness when she was like one. And I literally just clicked, okay, make me this reel. And it combined all this stuff about faith into a reel. So I've, I've done one reel on Instagram.
0: I guess I'm not talking so much about that, but there's a am thinking about a family who a few years ago um, came to our church, and they had actually made it pretty far in the world of social media influencing. Yeah. And they just had that...
1: This vibe. That
0: vibe. That's what they were trying to do. And I've got some other friends who I love dearly, but are actually trying to deliberately set out and um try to create an income stream with just content they produce and i <clears throat> i don't want to do that
1: i think that i goal. am stretched thin enough that to try to monetize my kids being cute or doing things on <laughs> on on screen that required more of them than they're willing to give me already would not be good for our relationship (laughs) no
0: and i but i also know that i have a lot more i can be putting into our content Mm -hmm. and you know we have you and i have over the years talked about a variety of different things that we could be additionally producing like you know i'd you had the women's retreat Bible study from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. series of talks that you thought would be, you'd want to record. And that would be awesome. So, I mean, I'm kind of thinking about just being more intentional. Like I feel like we have, I don't feel like it. People have told us we've got something valuable to add to their lives. And mm-hmm. so that's like, whoa, really? Because I feel kind of worthless most of the time.
1: You know what I think where you said this sense of normalcy? I've had just this morning on Facebook on this Reformed Homeschoolers forum I'm on. I, this gal posted, I'm so sick of homeschooling. I've got a first grader. She fights me on everything all day. And then I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and all this stuff to do around the house. And I'm just so tired of it. I think it's ruining my relationship with her. I need, I need ideas. And I, I, I responded to her with some ideas. But then I said, I think what you need most is not other curriculum options or other scheduling options, what you need to be reminded of is that God designed your daughter to be just the way she is. And she designed you to be the perfect mom for that daughter. And if God has called you to homeschool your children, uh, this this is a gift. And the relationship that you have with her is paramount to what you get done in a day. And In all the brokenness that you're going to experience throughout the day of the two-year throwing fits and the four-year-old disrupting things, which I'm very, very familiar with in trying to homeschool that age range, what you need to do is prioritize, and I'm I'm saying this as I'm preaching to myself for her, uh, you need to prioritize peace in your home over getting things done. And, you know, there's obviously a balance because I don't want... Feral children who have no manners and who are illiterate and have zero math skills, and so I had a two. I had two children crying over math today. (laughs) I'll be honest, but but for me, it was you have to do this because it's good for you, and I'm here with you. Not I'm going to make this turn this into a big battle, which you know, giant. Figuring out where you draw the line depends from day to day and from child to child. But I think – and then I had another conversation with somebody just this last Tuesday where her life has just been a series of brokenness of being a fallen person in a fallen world and being sinned against and having to wrestle with that in a variety of ways. And this is where I texted you while you were up at the cabin. I feel like I've changed – Over the last year in that for this gal on the homeschool forum, for this friend, as well as for, I think, everybody out there listening to us, you need less advice (laughs) and more alongside you encouragement, whether it's somebody just listening to you and saying, I'm sorry, the things have been so hard without judgment, without trying to fix. Like, I can't fix this lady I don't know on Facebook. I can't fix my friend's circumstances. I can't even fix myself, <laughs> let's be honest. But I can say, I understand how hard life is, and and I can be your friend, and I can listen with kindness, and the whole Second Corinthians 1, as I receive comfort from Christ, as I'm saturating my soul in knowing who God is from God's word and from being a an active member of a community of Christians that gathers for Sunday morning worship i as i absorb that comfort from christ i can pass that comfort on to others as paul says in 2 corinthians 1 we are we comfort others with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted which I've always kind of liked because it's such a tongue twister, but it's also a beautiful theological truth. Yeah. And so I feel like in a lot of ways that's that's a part of our mission here is we, we say it in unsanctimonious ways. We say people are weird and hard and we talk about poop and flushing the toilet and farting and... Um, did you know that bunnies can't fart?
0: We'll get to the bunnies in a minute, you guys. No, I didn't. Let's, Bunny... let's save that topic. For I'm just a saying,
1: like we talk about <clears throat> these things, and we try to do create do it in a hospitable environment because you and I both value actual hospitality. But since we can't have most of you in our home around our table, we do it in a virtual way, which isn't real, but it is in a way, yeah, you know. That... <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to step stu- substitute for your actual real life, and we're mm-hmm. not trying to create this metaverse life. But but you are welcome in our lives in a very real way, and we try to talk about what's going on in our lives in a hope that it blesses and yeah. encourages you.
0: So right, and so I'm thinking about uh, you know kind of all that stuff. Is there something? And I've had. Not my idea. I've had several listeners ask me if we've considered a paid subscription option that they would, you know, for additional content or something along those lines. And I'm thinking, and it's been two years since we launched, like we've been around for almost Almost three. three. Yeah. We launched right before the pandemic. We've never done, like I've never had a web, so I'm going to redesign the website a little bit, I think next year or the end of this year. And so some, some little things like that kind of change. Um, kind of just thinking through our niche, what we've talked about, where we've gone, what we do really, really well, what we enjoy talking about, things like that. Hence some of my, my questions on the Telegram post. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. when people – and a lot of you will know this from if you've got relationships in your life that speak into you as who you are, uh, into who you are. A lot of times they'll see things you don't and be like, you know, you're actually – what you need to be doing is this, or you're really good at this, or where I see you really light up is talking about this. So, um, you know, we obviously can't see everything all the time anyway, but so I'm just kind of thinking through all of that stuff. And I know there's a lot more, um, as well that I can do that I just haven't. So being more intentional and just kind of thinking about still keeping things like this unscripted, but then how can we build on that and make it you know, make it even more robust and worthwhile for people. I mean, you've got a seminary degree from Westminster. I've got two Bible degrees. We're actively involved in churches and ministries, and it's been a passion of ours for a long time. So this is a way for us to use that gift a little bit, I think. Cool. Anyway, so that's Uh, why I'm redoing. I'm rethinking. I'm thinking up random taglines.
1: Okay. Also just a, a little piece of housekeeping for people who aren't on our telegram page we recorded an entire episode last thursday (laughs) we squeezed it in in the midst of a very busy week where jr had been hunting monday tuesday Wednesday, sunday monday tuesday wednesday didn't see anything that's a little bit beside the point we might talk about that later uh thursday was working in the afternoon working friday i don't even remember what else was going on you worked all weekend you hunted Mm -hmm. the rest of the week you left again for hunting on sunday we squeezed in a recording, and the file was corrupted, and so that's why we did not release an episode last week. We actually had a, an hour to make it happen, and for whatever reason, I, so JR came upstairs after after trying to edit it, and goes, I don't know what happened. I did the same thing i I was doing The Files Corrupted. And I was like, well, maybe we said something that God didn't want us to say. And he goes, or maybe we said something that somebody needed to hear
2: and the (laughs) devil
1: didn't want it. So however you want to interpret that, um, it could go either way or it could just be life in a fallen world.
0: Yeah, which does bring me, I actually suspect, and maybe I didn't suspect. I remember, so if you guys remember a couple episodes ago... Uh, two or three episodes ago now, we talked about bringing on and having you guys share stories with us that then we can play back on the podcast and just kind of hear from you as kind of more of that building up, hey, life is really normal. Um, People are weird and hard. And sometimes funny
1: things happen. We're
0: all in it together. So I think I made a pitch last on the episode that failed. Where I said share a funny.
1: No, you made the pitch the week before. Right,
0: and I said. Well, sh- share. A... No, this was this was la- the episode that was corrupted. Oh. I said so. I made another pitch, and I said, so if you have something you want to share, call into the phone number, and uh, which I'll share. Uh, it's in the. Sh- I'll, I'll share a little bit later, but I said, um, you know, call into, uh, call into, this number and share a funny, humorous story or whatever. La la la. la. Well, then I get this voicemail. From one of our listeners, that is wonderful, but it's, it's not, not a humor. It's, it's not, not a funny, humor. It's it not was, a humorous story. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I, this, this is why I do the podcast. You know, when mm-hmm. you know that, when you just hear what either God is doing in people's lives, funny or not, it's just really, really cool. And so I Did realized. Did you
1: follow up with her and ask if we could share that with people?
0: Not. Yet, okay. But I will. So all that to say is we are actually this week right now today on this episode going to kick off that whole concept. We've started with our buddy Ty, who was a rancher for um, a less day. than twenty four hours, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll he'll tell you why via a humorous. He is um, he is a casual songwriter and composer, and he he penned a, a little poem uh, conveying this story. A so, funny
1: story. Not real. everyone has to make no, a rhyming every, poem yeah. to tell us your funny story. And I don't
0: think everybody should. I think you should be who you are. Call us and tell us your funny story. Um, got I've got several in the queue. So hopefully, maybe not every week, but every other week or so as, as kind of things continue, we'll do that. So um, now if you do want to share uh, a humorous story or uh, just a really cool a thing in your life that would be a blessing to others give us a call 406-318-7136 I screen every call to that number so it'll go right through to voicemail record it and I just was able to jump on google voice and hit download and they're right there so I was like this is sweet
1: s- that's awesome
0: sweet and awesome um hey anyway, so I have an so update for people rad
1: that I told Jr. did not know any of this stuff until I told him for the first time on our recording last week. So you can ooh and awe ah in amazement at what I'm about to tell everybody, <laughs> like you did when I told everybody this last week. But yeah,
0: I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna am t- gonna grab my forehead like, oh, why didn't I think of this? Yeah, so much sense in the world. So
1: you guys, we have talked for months now, right, about our daughter Lily, who just turned ten, about her sleep problems. She went from sleeping wonderfully. I would say like a baby, but babies don't actually sleep very well, so that's a terrible saying. She went from sleeping, just go to sleep at night every night, to, I don't know, maybe four or five months ago, she started getting extremely anxious at bedtime. She had trouble falling asleep, which fueled more and more anxiety, and to the point where and and nothing changed in our bedtime routine. Our our bedtimes during the week vary a lot because we have judo two nights a week wow. and it's a thirty minute drive to judo. Their class ends anywhere between seven thirty and eight, depending on who's teaching and what they feel like doing. And so sometimes they get home at eight thirty, they're hungry, they have to come home and eat a f- you know, basically the big kids have eaten dinner at four o'clock, they've worked out for two and a half hours. And four and a half hours later, after all of the travel time, they're starving, <laughs> and so they eat basically a full dinner again, and then they go straight to bed. And sometimes it's nine nine fifteen, and Faith, being the fourth born tag along, her bedtime varies wildly with everybody else's. Anyway, so so other than the wild bedtime variance, nothing has changed in our bedtime routine that we've done. I think since Titus was six months old, we pray, we sing "Jesus Loves Me." I rub the kids' back, and I sing them a hymn. They each have their own personal hymn, and and then it's lights out, and they get to read their books while everybody else gets their little tuck in uh, time. Sometimes we will play music if there's other things going on. Um, we really like there's a an album called Scripture Lullabies on iTunes that we like. And when Titus and Lily were littler, it was Rain for Roots song, um, or just the Rain for Roots original album. Anyway, so none of that has changed. Lily has started being wildly anxious, unable to fall asleep, cries uncontrollably to the point where there are times where she's still crying and cannot be consoled unless she's literally clinging to me. And then she will stop crying, which is really hard to get anything done. Oh. Mix all of this up. It's been extremely frustrating. Bedtime, it's fueled in her brain more anxiety about it, knowing that this is coming. So now she dreads, she's dreaded bedtime. So one of the benefits of me scrolling on Instagram, every now and then there are benefits. There's this gal that I've started following, and she her handle on Instagram is Body Talk Basics. And I'm actually very intrigued with her in general because she she wrote an entire course, a video course for moms to do with daughters well when the daughters are going through puberty and it's I think it's just under two hundred dollars for the course, which is why I haven't sprung for it, and it's not quite a need that we have yet and what's going on out there?
0: <laughs> Titus is just sitting, sitting outside, outside the cluster. Outside <laughs>
1: Yes, I did.
0: We'll get to Albus Dumbledore in a minute. Tito just
1: said he has a question about something going on upstairs,
0: and we'll we'll talk about it. So
1: anyway, um, (laughs) Body Talk Basics on Instagram. She runs a lot of interesting community questions, and she's fairly holistic in how she views life, which is one of the reasons I would like to do her course with Lily is because she doesn't just talk about, okay, when you hit this, you know, when your body starts doing this, you're gonna grow breasts and you're gonna grow hair and you're gonna start your period and this is how you like basic hygiene. She talks about nutritional needs and what's like hmm. um it just varies deeper level things to be holistic about what's going on in your whole body and your brain and how you can support that. And if X then maybe you have a nutritional deficiency in X like Women shouldn't actually experience crazy PMS or crazy cramps. It's actually a symptom of a a deeper root cause. Oh, really? Yes. And often a nutritional deficiency. Uh, Because you're like super... Nutritional deficiencies drive hormonal... (laughs) Nutritional deficiencies drive your hormones. Yeah. And as well as stress... And so a lot of women's health issues that get treated as, oh, that's just normal, uh, just because it's common doesn't mean that it's normal or healthy. And so anyway, this gal, I I like her approach. I don't know a lot of what she talks about, but she just posted this reel one night of her bedtime snack. And she said, there are people in the world who do intermittent fasting and stop eating at five o'clock at night and their bodies do wonderfully on this. My body needs a bedtime snack, or I struggle with insomnia and emotional control. And I had this crazy light bulb moment when she so she posted a picture for her bedtime snack, she has a cup of bone broth and a slice of sourdough toast at like nine or ten o'clock before she goes to bed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is this my daughter's problem?" you guys Lily since she was a tiny baby I'm talking one to two months old she would start getting fussy in the evening and just cry and fuss and cry and fuss oh, and man. we finally figured and I, I would,
0: did not like Lily for the first six months of her life
1: because he, I, she would be great all day, and then he would come home from work, and I would be tired and hand the baby off to him and want to go rest or something, and she would wind up and get fussier and fussier to the point where Jr had to pace the kitchen in a certain direction, holding her in a certain way for hours, Ugh. or she would just cry and cry and cry. And I, I was, was th- really
0: looking forward to, forward to a newborn because with Titus, it, you wanted to sleep, I would pick him up and rock him back to sleep, and literally I watched... Hours of Netflix downstairs rocking him on the couch next to me. With a white
1: noise thing next to him. Yeah, it was lovely. So we finally figured out that for Lily, evening cluster feeding was like two to three hours of constant nursing. And she was fine. Once she finally filled her belly... To the point where her blood sugar was stabilized, she slept well. As you guys
0: know, she's got a mad blood sugar issue. You guys
1: maybe don't know that, but she does. She does. If she she crashes,
0: if she doesn't keep food in her system, it's over. And then, and we have to, you might as well just, we
1: have to beg her can you just (sighs) suspend your emotional goings on? And eat something and wait five minutes. Just eat something. Please just eat something. And when she was a toddler in church nursery, she would get Cheerios or Goldfish or whatever as a snack in the nursery. So we figured that was enough to tide her over to come home and eat lunch with the family in her high chair. And she would cry the whole way home. She would cry all the way through lunch. And as she got older, it still was happening. And we finally figured out, just feed her snacks in the car on the drive home. All she needed was snacks. She's not going to eat lunch with the family anyway. She's either going to cry all the way through lunch or she's going to have a full belly because she ate the whole way home from church. But either way, she's not eating lunch with us. One of them is just a whole lot more pleasant for all of us. <laughs> and it was straight up, it, it oh, is man. for her, it is not an obedience issue. I think as she gets older, she needs to work on self-control. Anyway, all of this just cascaded down in my mind as I'm thinking, what if all this girl needs is a slice of toast at bedtime. So last week when we recorded this, I told JR, it's now been two weeks and I've been giving Lily a slice of sourdough toast every night at bedtime. Now everybody has to have a slice of sourdough toast, sometimes just with butter, sometimes with some jam on it, sometimes with a slice of cheese. And And I started thinking also, I don't think she has her sleepless nights on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which is when we do judo. And I'd been thinking it was because she worked out for two hours, Maybe. It's actually because she eats right before bed on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It has nothing to do with being tired from exercise. Anyway, the only two nights that she has had her crying issues for close to a month now, since I've been doing the sourdough toast thing, one was on Halloween, and we got home late-ish, and she'd been eating candy all night, and I thought, you've got enough sugar in your system. Your blood sugar should be fine. Wrong kind of sugar, but... She she needed that stabilizing. You know, I don't know if you guys know this about sourdough, but because of the way the bacteria interact with the wheat, it actually doesn't spike your blood sugar like a regular piece of bread does. Your body digests it more slowly and it stays more stable. In addition to the fact that the sourdough has broken down some of the things, I think it's called phytic acid that's an anti-nutrient and it's designed as a protective thing. On in both seeds and nuts and uh, grains. And so if you do a ferment in any format, so seeds and nuts and legumes, you soak in water or in water with some acid. Sourdough, it it's the bacteria that make it rise, that breaks down the phytic acid and makes the nutrition in the grains actually bioavailable to your body, mm. as well as makes it, easier for you to digest and causes less digestive stuff, and doesn't give you a blood sugar spike like a slice of sourdough, you know, of sweetheart bread would or whatever the brand that you, you know, just buy the cheap white bread. That gives you a blood sugar spike, and sourdough is more constant. And, so anyway, you guys, it wasn't a spiritual thing. (laughs) It wasn't. I mean, it... Sometimes. Loving her through this has been a huge spiritual battle, and exhausting. And, um, I, I'm still baffled at the fact that we almost overnight turned off a, and she still gets a little bit anxious before bed, wondering if she's going to fall asleep. And she, every night, she's like, you have to come up and check on me. You have to come up and check on me. And every night within five minutes, she's sound asleep. It's wild. You guys, If your kids are having trouble falling asleep or they're struggling with anxiety at bedtime, maybe try giving them a slice of toast.
0: (laughs) There was a a family we knew years ago and they only ever ate, they trained the kids only to ever eat three meals a day. There was no snacking, nothing in between. It was three meals a day. And it's like, I don't know how people like that survive, like on road trips, other things, because our kids eat nonstop and they don't get fat and they eat really well at the meals.
1: Usually, mm-hmm. It's just nuts. Yeah, our kids eat a lot. So
0: speaking of eating, I was up. Um, I was up uh, hunting, as you know, this last this last week, and the the we have a Molly's dad built an off grid. I think I mentioned last week or the week before an off grid cabin. Uh, he basically rebuilt an old homestead, and you know, if he'd been blogging or doing the social thing when he was building it. He it was before the whole homesteading craze was cool. I mean, we have got gravity fed water, um, solar, solar power, power and The
1: water is from a spring. It's not just gravity yeah. fed. It literally bubbles up out of the ground yeah, and, then and gets Yeah, he's, he's got
0: two big pumps and a, he's built a, a the the spring comes up and collects in a in a 50-gallon garbage container.
1: That's very. No, it's it's a water tank.
0: No. Wait. Oh. So the spring comes up in in a fifty gallon water container, and there's a screen in there on the pipe, oh, mm-hmm. and that collects in there, and then it filters from that into the first two hundred and fifty gallon tank, and there's an overflow into a second two hundred and fifty gallon tank that I helped them put in. Then from there it travels underground all the way down to the cabin, and we've got a simple pump that turns everything Which on. Which
1: is what half a mile, maybe.
0: Yeah, and um, so it's just like it's. It's really kind of fun. Um,
1: There's no animals or growing with yeah. produce up there. So right anyway, now, but.
0: the solar power has a backup propane generator. He's got a big propane tank up there that he fills up maybe once every two years. Every two years, usually, yeah. And but anyway, the generator wasn't working, and as you know, it's winter. We live in Montana, so our our daylight hours now are seven to uh, roughly five ish, somewhere in there. Um. And so while while my buddy Ty and I were up there hunting, it was snowing like crazy. Uh, There was hardly any sun. And so the batteries just weren't charging much at all. And the generator wasn't working. He was having some issues keeping the generator running. Um, So we brought up some other lamps and planned on using very minimal power, just enough to charge, you know, devices, uh, things like our Garmin's and our navigation stuff that we use on our phones in the radios <clears throat> other than that we just we did really didn't need the lights you know we weren't watching a lot of times during hunting season you get done at five you're back at five thirty or whatever and by six o'clock you're done eating dinner and you don't really go to bed till eight or nine so sometimes you watch a movie or so whatever you know but none of that now so um the cabin is he's got a couple propane heaters that he uses wall mount units that he uses as backup but for the most part, the way he built the cabin is. There's a really old. If you if you I think if you Google uh, Great Majestic Stove Company, you will find what these old uh, Majestic stoves. Um, and what they were, you know, there were ovens, stovetops, and kind of everything all in one. And when Jim bought the cabin, it was the original homestead, and he moved. He had it brought back into build the the Majestic. He he when he built the new cabin. He took the majestic into Billings, had it refinished, re-nickled, the whole thing, just a gorgeous piece, and put it back in as kind of the centerpiece in the new cabin, which is essentially one big room, mm-hmm. and um, it's used as the primary source of heat via wood. So we um, we chop and cut a bunch of uh, a bunch of wood every year, and we burn it there for heat, and we can get it. I got it. It was seven degrees outside and I got it up to 80 inside. So, yes. You know. <laughs> um, so if you look up, um, yeah, if you look up great majestic, Oh, perfect. Look up great majestic wood cook stove and you'll see the black and nickel version. And that's what we have up at the cabin. So because we didn't have a lot of power, we weren't using, like the coffee maker, the toaster, and the microwave. So we said, well, let's not use the propane oven either. So we decided to cook all of our meals, either via oven heat or stovetop on the Majestic. And it worked brilliantly. But the oven, to get the oven, so the oven temperature gauge on the oven door goes from 1 to 10. And... You have to heat it. You have to. I mean, we had to feed in order to get it up high enough. We had to feed fresh wood in that sucker all the time. We had to be on it, and we're like, "This is awesome." And Ty's like, "Yeah, can you imagine cooking over this in all the time. this summer yeah. or all the time?" And I was like, "Yeah," and thinking about how long it took to heat up, the planning.
1: But do you remember when the people came up this summer, mm-hmm. and the the older women? It was her. Her mother was born there and her grandmother homesteaded it. Yeah. They cooked outside around the fire pit in the summer. They didn't they didn't cook on it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. They
1: they didn't turn it on because there's no cooling in the yeah. in the cabin either cuz it's off-grid and yeah. there's nothing. So, they didn't cook on it in the summer.
0: Mm, makes sense. I did take a picture of it you guys and of our majestic stove and I'll, I'll throw it up um I'll put it up on the, on the blog and maybe th- throw and it up on Instagram, Instagram or something, but so you can find it there. Um, but yeah, it was super wild. So Ty and I are like, man, can you, you should ask Molly what her thoughts are about like cooking something on that and how long she'd have to prep and all those things. So was just like, that's wild. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, we did all our toast on it. Even, the on. even
1: a modern oven, every modern oven is different and you have to get used to cooking on yeah. it. I feel like cooking in that would be a crazy art to it would take a long time to
0: master. You if we do Thanksgiving up there, like we were talking about you should do the oven, the turkey in the oven. I, oh
1: my <laughs> gosh. Oh goodness. <laughs> oh, Sorry. I've got okay. a funny
0: cough, you guys. I'm or a laugh. I'm getting over a I'm getting over a cold. Or so um anyway, that was just a super it was super fun. If you guys ever have a chance to check out a a, a majestic um a great majestic oven. Do it and then go try to cook on it. So you've heard us reference Albus Dumblehair and rabbits can't fart. We got a big news for you guys.
1: I made an impulse purchase. (laughs) (laughs) It's a live creature. And then it turned out to not be an impulse purchase. It's been a very big emotional up and down for me, though. We now have a rabbit. He is a gray lion haired bunny. We've now owned him for what time is it? Four o'clock. We've now owned him for three hours. Uh our cats are Minerva McGonagall and Luna Lovegood. And so this is Albus Dumblehair. We have no idea what we're doing. Uh no, <laughs> no if, even though we are into growing our own food, we are not going to eat him. He is intended to be a pet. And he came with I so on the homeschool email loop here in here in Billings. Somebody was selling this rabbit and the hutch and the whole setup for twenty dollars, and our girls off and on have asked for pet rabbits. And I was like, you know, this isn't really a great season. I feel stretched. Then when do I not feel stretched? Then though, I'm always like a little bit frantic and behind the ball on everything. And I think we all are. We're it's gonna like be. We're not traveling. Day. We 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 have a heated garage. We could put his hutch in. Uh, I, I don't know, $20 seems like a really low-risk way for the entire setup to dive into this. So then the gal said, well, can you come by and get him at such-and-such such time? This was on Wednesday, and I said, no, I actually can't. And so she's, I said, "But, but, and I can't come at all on Thursday because we're too busy, but I can come on Friday. And then I sent Jr. <clears throat> and he went to the wrong house twice. So, so we're going guys, to the right house.
0: Backing up, before we are even... Um, before we were even, I was off getting the winter tires put on the van and and doing some other, so Molly and I had been swapping text messages all morning and she goes, what are you doing now? Can you hit WRS, one of the local ranch supply stores for me? And I was like about to pick up the van, I'll get tarps and brushes there, what do you need from WRS? And Molly goes, I need a bale of hay for the bunny, some bunny food, I keep reading they need something called Timothy hay as their main food, I can investigate more, but grab it if they have it, and some sort of tray, ideally to go under the hutch. And I said, an entire bale? I mean, bales of hay are huge. You know, like the big ones you hunt for horses? Okay, no, right.
1: no, no, no. I know what a bale so, of hay is. I'm so not then, stupid. And
0: so then I know. So then Molly goes, I mean, we'll go through it eventually. I intend to compost. And I said, where does Liz get the hay? One of our friends, Liz, uh, her family raises They, they have, two, raise. pet they have two pet bunnies. And I said, where does Liz get hay? She said, Big R, the ranch supply. And I just realized she said, hay, not straw. I got to double check with her. And I said, a full bale. Molly goes, I don't know. What other option would we have? And I said, I've never purchased hay before. It just seems like <laughs> enough for five years of rabbit feeding. And then I said, I found rabbit feed. And then Molly goes on with three more texts talking about, Liz says, if you want to stop down, she's got some stuff for us. She says she uses hay for bedding instead of straw because she's lazy. And then and then this this text, these stinking kids are hardly accomplishing anything today. I might need to ban Lily from your parents' house until she gets something done. <laughs> and I said... And then I respond, so just bedding now. I'm so confused. And then you respond in all capital letters. I don't know. I just want to go back to bed and lock the kids in their rooms with their math.
1: Oh, I get. You guys, <laughs> I have trouble with emotional regulation. <laughs> I just... Maybe I should have and eaten and a I'm, toast. <laughs> At this
0: point, I'm actually at WRS with a shopping cart, a 50-pound bag of rabbit feed. And I'm just laughing. But do you
1: know what we don't have any of? We don't have anything but for bedding. We never got hay.
0: I have hay from Liz.
1: Oh, you did! I did
0: get the big tub of hay. Oh, yeah.
1: The girls told me you didn't get it. You were at home, so Daddy top. didn't get any hay from her. It's okay. a tub.
0: So oh. I am. I am at WRS with this shopping cart with a fifty-pound bag of. <laughs> A rabbit feed two snow brushes for cars and i'm just laughing at the ludicrousness we are ridiculous of this whole thing guys. you're you're like over there like i don't know ah and i'm just well, i'm like this is all really amusing so and entertaining here's for me. the
1: crazy thing which is probably true about owning cats and owning dogs and raising children and actually is true about keeping sourdough um i i have another friend That I asked about who is a bunny owner and she was like, oh my gosh, you have to be so careful about this, 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 and this. And that's where she said you have to be super careful about what you feed them because they can't fart and they can't vomit. So if, if you, if they even partially, like even remotely ingest the wrong thing, then they die. You do anything wrong, they die. You have to, which is which is kind of what the internet tells me too and liz is like oh they're super low key they're easy pets you can keep them outside they adjust to the temperature and
0: i know liz's family and they're
1: they're great they're pet super owners chill. they're but they're, they're also great chill. pet owners yeah. they love their animals they take care of them they're not cruel they're not their their animals aren't suffering but they're not high maintenance animals. people they're easy to hang, so hang around you know and so i'm like just i just need kind of to shut out all of the outside world noises and just text liz all of my questions and then apologize every day for being a crazy rabid rabbit <laughs> ignoramus. The but best
0: part is you guys, it Molly, it doesn't matter really what happens cuz if if the rabbit dies we can have stew.
1: We're not eating this rabbit. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys, my dad raised rabbits for eating when he was little. And so this is not super foreign to my family, although I was horrified when I found this out because he would actually there was he had this box of ribbons. That I would play with when I was little and sit through because he did 4 H as a small kid in. Uh, this always cracked me up. It was at Albany County, but not Albany, New York. It was Albany County, which is where Laramie, Wyoming is. So he showed rabbits and he would win the grand prize these great big purple ribbons with all these ribbons coming off of them, bo- like this whole box full of them. And I would look through them and just marvel at the fact that my dad showed these rabbits. And then, what did you do with the rabbits, Dad? I sold them to people to eat them. (gasps) And I'm, you guys, the girl who, when I was one time, we, we hit a deer driving to church in a little Subaru. And I now know that it totaled the engine of the Subaru. But as a little kid, we limped back up the hill. We were on our way to church. We limped back up the hill to our house with, like, smoke or steam pouring out of the engine of the subaru we switched into my dad's truck which was an old he bought it when he graduated from high school back when they gave college scholarship money in cash and he was gonna live at home and go to the college where his dad taught so he didn't have to pay tuition so he took all of the scholarship money he got in cash and bought a truck and he drove it until i was probably in middle school so it was a 69 i think I don't even know if it was a Ford or a Chevy. Anyway, all four of us sat in the front seat of it. And because there was only that was what trucks were in those days was just one seat. And we go back and we tr- we switch into the truck and my dad grabs his hunting shotgun. And I was so horrified that my dad was going to shoot this deer that had gotten just pummeled with a Subaru and had limped up a hill. And by the time... We, so I just cried the whole way back down, knowing that my dad's gonna shoot this deer. The deer was dead by the time he got to it with his gun and now I'm like, oh, what a merciful thing and you know
2: mm-hmm. anyway,
1: perspective is everything but um so that's that's me with animals I was hor- I don't I don't we're not gonna eat this rabbit because I'd be very sympathetic to my girls <laughs> and the idea of them being sad about a pet. but this poor thing
0: Ty Ty said we should name the rabbits too. <laughs>
1: that's Stu, that's terrible. that's <laughs> terrible. Um,
0: Albus Dumbledore. His really, name is Albus really Dumbledore. Clever. So we have a game, you guys. We have two games: um, cats and dogs. What is the, what are the name of the cat card?
1: chaos and canine chaos? Canine
0: chaos, where they have a lot of names like
1: that's true. You should let's that. do an Amazon link to those games.
0: Okay,
2: it's
1: actually a great family game, you guys. That. Faith is probably a little young to actually... Yeah, we tried to play it while we were in that pouring rain in Idaho, right before we took the kids Mm -hmm. to Silverwood, and Faith, who is four, was a bit young for it, but so probably ages six and up, the whole family can play. It's a fast game. You can just play round after round of it, and either kids who are slower get more and more angry, or (laughs) you mix up who wins, (laughs) but... Where JR's going with this
0: is... Is the whole game is is full of really clever plays on real people related to dogs and cats. And so this is the rabbit version of the name.
1: Yeah, so like...
0: Albus Dumblehead. One
1: of them is Harry Potter and it's H-A-I-R-Y for... Oh, yeah. I can't remember either a dog or a cat. I can't even remember. I can't remember
0: any of them. And some of them are so good.
1: They are really funny. You'll just have to buy if you're a cat person or a dog person, cat chaos or canine chaos
0: and we'll include the Amazon link. Um I realize the whole world is trying to get away from Amazon and we're not very excited about it, but it does bring us a little bit of a little bit of sauce. Sometimes and you know, it costs money to Put up the podcast and maintain the website and all those things. So
1: it's so a good stocking stuffer for yeah. if you have kids. Oh, it's great so I usually stock. try to give the kids a game or something in their stocking stuffer.
0: Ty and I were talking about maybe coming up with a new game called the hunting game. Either a board game where you have to get to the end, kind of classic like that, but or something really deep like the farming game. Might be worth putting our time and energy into. I don't know. Could
1: be. <clears throat> um how much time do we have? Should I go into the article that I talked about last week or should we do something shorter? and wrap
0: um, things up? We're at we're at 44. Uh, we could save the article for next.
1: Okay. Let's save the article for next time. But I will just add... So you guys, JR... Because I have something
0: interesting that I've, I've been pondering that oh. I can bring up too. okay. So I'll ahead. just throw this
1: out. JR... Yeah.
0: Throw it out. Throw away.
1: On Tuesday... After three Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday rounds of hunting and bow season, mm, my dad. Sunday, lets, Monday,
0: Tuesday, Wednesday, because I come home Wednesday. But you
1: hunt on Wednesday morning yeah, usually. Yeah, well I try. So my my dad uh, has some land adjacent to our cabin that, that they lease and that multiple people hunt on. And bow season up in that area was crazy successful. All these people shooting these massive bull elk. And since gun season started, we've there was a pack of wolves that was there, and all the elk moved out, and you could see the wolf tracks and hear the wolves, and elk don't stick around when there's no. wolves around. But then it seemed like the elk were gone, and then just no—or the wolves were gone, but no elk for the next two weekends. And there's been a trickle of people getting elk here and there, but—
0: Isolated at best. Mostly calves. And no,
1: no big herds. And so it's been pretty discouraging because we, since our kids have gotten bigger, we've relied primarily on hunted game, deer and elk, to fill, we have, we have a big, like a six foot stand up freezer and then a smaller chest freezer, which at the end of the last couple of hunting seasons, both of those have been completely full. And we... Yeah,
0: the last two seasons for me anyway, last three seasons have been pretty successful.
1: We package the meat into it's mostly ground into two pound packages and we go through three to four of those two pound packages a week. So average six to eight pounds of red meat that we're eating yeah, probably maybe four to five of those. Anyway, six to ten pounds of ground, high quality red meat a week. And with now JR's doing ski patrol and we'll maybe be able to hunt if we go up to the cabin as a family over Thanksgiving but otherwise we're now looking at substituting that eight to ten pounds of ground meat and I if I substitute that with good quality beef we're looking at eight to ten dollars a pound probably for that this is you know conservatively as prices are looking at going up and so Tuesday, Jay, I was like, there's, there are no elk up here. I'm discouraged. And, you know, I, at home, I'm getting discouraged. And I, side note, I have been absolutely abysmal in my Bible reading to the point where on Sunday night, I texted Addie and was like, I need you to keep me accountable. I have not done the Bible reading plan at all for weeks now. And then the time changed. So it was very, I don't was providential. Maybe it was very providential that on Sunday night I was just convicted. I need to get back into the Word really consistently. And the Bible reading plan that I'm on started fresh with the book of Joshua and the book of Acts. So it wasn't like I was jumping randomly into the middle of numbers when I got this conviction. And with the time change, I was up an hour earlier than normal, <laughs> lying in bed going, well, I guess I'll do my Bible reading that I'm Uh, asked for accountability and really want to get done this week. And so Tuesday morning, I'm super discouraged, and I read Joshua leading the people into the promised land, and there's this comment in it, and on that day, the manna stopped. So God has provided manna every single day, their daily bread, literally nothing more than they need for that day, except on the day before the Sabbath, and then what they will need for a two-day span. So at the very most, every seven days, God that gave them what they needed for two days <laughs> instead of for one. Yeah. And it would last them for two days, and then they start fresh. Their daily bread, getting from God. This is 40-plus years of daily trusting in God for what they would need just that day. And then when they enter the Promised Land— when all of a sudden they're going to be living off of the bounty of the land that has been promised to them that's flowing with milk and honey, on that day the manna stopped. And I was like, okay, God's going to provide my daily bread. And then I got a little de- bit depressed, actually, um, because what's our promised land? Is when we die. We, <laughs> ent-
0: <laughs> we wow. enter
1: the promised that's land.
2: That's depressing in en-
1: a We enter the promised land when we get to heaven, Right. That's when we get the, sa- the the ultimate, the final Sabbath rest. We're in glory. We're in the land flowing with milk and honey. And and so we trust God. I mean, and I texted Addie. This, and she's like, um, you're not supposed to turn this into a depressing thing. Isn't it? Because I was like, so every single day until I die, I trust God for my daily bread. And she's like, isn't it great that God will be pr- faithful to provide what you need every single day until you die. And I still am discouraged and a little bit anxious about how we're going to fill that freezer uh, because I really like having a freezer full of meat. But that's kind of the point, right? I really like feeling like we have filled our, you know, like what's the man who builds all of the grain silos and says, I've done all this wonderful things, and God says, and tomorrow you die. You don't take credit for your provision. You don't trust in yourself for your provision. I give you your daily bread, and I give you what I, what I know that you need, not what you think you need or what you want, and I will be faithful to give you what you need.
0: I that's the rub though, isn't it? Like intellectually, I believe God will provide for my needs, but in my heart, it doesn't register. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of, cause I was dealing with some of the same stuff. I remember exactly where I was at. I was just below buggy gap texting you. It's 13 degrees outside. My toes are barely staying warm. Cause I'd forgotten my super warm, uh, hunting boots and, or my, my winter boots. And, I'm not seeing any elk. I'm not seeing any tracks. And I'm like.
1: <sighs> feeling a little bit desperate. And I, I always
0: have about this period of time when I don't see anything. I always have that kind of feeling like, okay, if I believe in God's providence, then it getting to an elk. Yes, is part how well I can hunt, how quiet I am, how deliberate and disciplined I am. That's all a part of it. It's how God set this thing up to work. Like God will put one in front of my path and he's not choosing to do that. And I ended up struggling almost more with the fact that I had to buy meat at the store like a regular plebe than have, um, a freezer full of meat. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing more, um, it's like, for me, it's like having a super clean, uh, freshly seasoned skillet. There's something really, really satisfying and really, um, almost relief, when you're looking at a fully stocked freezer of meat. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, wow, this feels really good to have this it's fully stocked. It's so
1: freezer much meat. good quality um, food.
0: And you know and you know you're you're provided for, you. for for a while. You know, you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about supply chain issues or price fluctuations or access or all this stuff and it's all kind of there. But I I found like some of my frustration was like not so much am I a horrible hunter. Um, but more like now I got to be like a normal person, you know, because there was like this pride or something in like mm, I stocked my freezer full of meat for the family. I don't have to shop at the store like you do. <laughs> so
1: you're so we're all suffering because of your pride issue. God's humbling you and we're all suffering because oh of it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. No, I that's the thing, though, Jr. When you said the rub, like in our head, we know that God will provide for us and we know all mm-hmm. of these truths. And in our heart, we wrestle with the pride of I've done this for myself or I'm better than other people because of how I'm feeding my family and how I'm providing for my family and all, I mean, there's this huge tangle of all of these different idolatrous, sinful things going on that are causing us to not get the God will give me what I need from my head into my heart. The, the other thing that you get by reading the story of the Israelites, though, and then in our church's Wednesday night class, we're going through Judges, and it's—I you know what you guys know—that I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. My dad had a record of that song when I was little, and I just thought it was hilarious. Second verse, same as the first, a little bit louder and a little bit worse. That's the Israelites in Judges. Second verse after after yeah. wandering the wilderness for forty years. Second verse. Same as the first, a little bit louder and a little bit worse. Like, they're still grumbling. They still don't obey God. They still go in cycles of, uh, oh, boy, things are really bad. Maybe we should repent and trust God. And then they get even worse. And that's actually the story of the whole Old Testament and the story of the human race writ large. And it's a story of our own hearts. We only don't get a little bit louder and a little bit worse in the grumbling and disbelief by the grace of God. But the same the same seminary professor who used to say that he had a, ra- a face for radio, he would also say that sanctification is like a man holding a yo-yo walking upstairs. And so our sanctification process goes up and down, like you're playing with a yo-yo, but by God's grace, the, the up and down trajectory is also gradually moving up. And so it's not one step forward, two steps back. But it is like they're, Bitcoin. They're, yeah, I don't know the Bitcoin. Gradually
0: already. going up, but is it yo-yo?
1: Is it going up? Oh yeah,
0: trajectory since it's put out has been. right, well, now it's going down. Yeah, it's that yo-yo mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Sorry, it's a real. Big <laughs> I didn't yo-yo. mean to like sideline Completely that conversation. Deech.
1: Anyway, it. I think that if God were to ever, let us have, perpetually fully stocked freezers in whatever form that takes in our own life whatever your version out there of a fully stocked freezer of elk is where you look at it and you go I'm set. I I did this and I don't need to to depend on God daily for my 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 kids sanctification or my finances or liking my work or finding satisfaction in my work or my marriage relationship or my broken relationships whatever it is when we arrive at the place where we think I'm set, that's a really dangerous place to be spiritually and maybe yeah. even in your life circumstances because God has to... Our our fallen sinful condition prior to entering the promised land is always... Our pastor, I don't know if you've noticed this, he's been saying a lot in sermons, this whole life is one big letting go. He says a variation of that almost every sermon. Just life is a series of letting go. Life is... You say look like you're about to say something. I'm but good. Oh, I want to I, make sure you finish. Well, no. I, so I just think the the in my heart, I chafe at knowing that God will, in some form or another, make me trust Him for my daily bread and enforce me because i don't willingly do it because of my own pride and disbelief he will force me into a posture of dependence throughout my whole life and and as i get older in some ways i'm like man i just had no had no idea when i was growing up what my parents were dealing with on a daily basis just the like the hot water heater went out which our hot water heater stopped working last week and we were looking at we were pondering uh. Uh, if JR had to replace it, me and the kids going for the whole time he was gone hunting with no hot water.
0: Which I didn't want to happen so I was prepared to forego hunting to repair the hot water. And
1: I was prepared later. to make you go hunting because I'd rather oh, have elk wow. that than no been... hot water. We go going to shower over in somebody else's house. You guys, sh-
0: I didn't start taking up hunting until we got married and Molly said, look, if you're going to be married to me, you need to learn to hunt because I love elk. I thought, oh, okay then.
1: It Yes, I mean, there's an idolatry issue there. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. it's you
0: that we didn't
2: get Maybe it
1: it's my fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, um, anyway, Jr.'s dad loves to look up, re- resolve problems with things like that by doing YouTube searches. Mm-hmm. And so a YouTube search and some handiwork on his part resolved that issue for us. But all that to say, it's constant. It's constant. And that is a feature, not a bug. For life in a fallen world, God has... We're living in a fallen world, so this is not the way the world is intended to be. But as long as we're in this fallen world, God is not going to let things go smoothly for us. Because when things are going smoothly, we trust in the Lord. We stop trusting in the Lord with all our heart, and we lean on our own understanding. And in all our ways, we don't acknowledge Him because we think we've made our own own path straight. And so... God is constantly knocking off uh, us off balance to remind us that He is our source of everything.
0: I have two tied thoughts to this. One is is I remember um, several years ago when I was meeting regularly with my buddy Greg, we were musing about how most of the time we make life more complicated is uh, than it needs to be uh, as as particularly as Christians who, um, who, who know and believe that there's a creator God um, providentially and, and sovereignly in control of all things, including our lives. And there's a reason for that. Um, and, you know, and, and we're actively trying to live that out, that a lot of it is, doesn't need to be as complicated as we make it out to be, because most of the time it's just God saying, no, you need to rely on me, like in every area of life. Mm-hmm. Just rely on me. You'll be fine. <laughs> and we don't. And then that ties back to the same pastor who's um, talking about life as a series of letting go is saying, you know, he's preaching on John through John right now. And John is entirely about belief. And it's like, how little do I believe? And, you know, it's not only is it about trusting God, but it's about believing like this is this is the core. Just believe and trust and, and move on. You know, it's like, it's, it's interesting.
1: <clears throat> trust and obey for there's no other way.
0: To be happy in Jesus. Than to it trust. Is to trust and, obey. and obey.
1: Uh, but it's actually, that is literally all there is to the Christian life.
0: <laughs> literally, you guys. Um, yeah. Funny. Okay, cool. Well, we're at an hour, so I think we're good for people this week. Yep. Um, sorry guys things will get a little bit more organized. We're gonna have a show next week. uh it's the plan anyway. Um, it's already filling up because in this while while we've been um you know sitting here pontificating about my lack of elk, apparently Molly's dad goes up and gets two of them actually were were taken yesterday i don't we don't know who or how he's many He's up there home? with
1: two other guys.
0: Yeah. So he plans on butchering, like he's like, let's butcher next Wednesday. Oh. And I said, can't, I'm doing ski patrol work on Wednesday. So we'll have to do Monday or Tuesday. So at least one of those days is going to be butchering. I'm hoping the other day we'll have, we'll get the podcast in because starting Wednesday next week, um, Wednesday will be my first active day working on ski patrol. And, because we've got orientations and trainings and all the things and mountain setup, I'll be doing, I think, Wednesday all the way through Tuesday. And then the following week, I'll go, I'll get on my regular couple day week of schedule. So one more week of inconsistent timing with the podcast, and then hopefully we'll be back on a very regular, consistent hopefully. schedule. Hopefully. So that's that. Um, so finally, To close the show, before I forget, let's take a minute and listen to Ty.
2: Hello, this is Ty, and uh, this is my my, uh, story about my brief time as a rancher. Uh, This is titled, My Beef Brisket, a Recipe for Disaster. It would show up frozen and wrapped. What's so hard to believe? Small white packages of precious ground beef. You just pick 70, 30 or lean. Well, that's what I thought. I've done this before. So I placed my bid. I went higher than all the rest. I mean, that is how you win. The applause, oh, the applause. And I was handed my detail card. Imagine my surprise when I read the fine print and learned my brief would require a yard. That's right. This critter's alive, still mooing and chewing his cud now the task at hand is to find some land and equipment to move him from his place to mine well that should be easy i grew up in the country and already have a cow dog but i live in the city the neighbors won't take it kindly cow patties in the front lawn but my friend stepped up he said i have a fence with 10 acres plus one to spare for a third of your yield i'll bring him here and i'll even help with the care so we loaded up my beef brisket he was growing into his name and we headed out west to the land that is best and where this story gets its fame. The fence is good, I was assured. There's been cows here before. So we turned brisket loose and we just had to choose who's feeding at eight and at four. Then we said our adieu. That's just French for goodbye. Enthusiastic about the deal we struck. I was feeling good about now after all that concern. God blessed with a little side of luck. It would take four months to fatten him up. At least that was the plan. But by the very next day Brisket got away, two weeks later he's still on the lamb. So if you see a young steer with no owners near and a brand of K Hang and K, he's not just a beast he's a legend, and he's also my food for a year. I hope you enjoyed this reading. Have a good day.
0: Ty, thank you for that story. Amusing delightful all the things. Um if you guys want to share something with us, please do so. You can do so at by leaving a voicemail at 406-318-7136. I screen all those calls, so don't bother texting or, leave, or anything else, just leave a message. <clears throat> um finally, if you would like to send us a postcard to say hi or give us some feedback, you can do that um, on our website, too busy to flush.com, all grammatically correct, or tb the number 2f.com. And uh, scroll down, there's a send us a postcard option. Fill that out, send it to us. You could also send us an email at tb the number 2f at pmpapamike.me. And um, we check that regularly too. So that's there. Uh, what else?
1: Swag Shack.
0: We've got our Swag Shack. I'm actually actively, right now as we speak, working on brand new uh, People Are Weird and Hard stickers. They're gonna be very plain, very basic, uh, as by listener request. So those are gonna come directly from, I'm gonna order those in bulk from uh, a higher quality sticker in bulk, and those will come directly from my house uh, when you guys order those. So I'll get all that set up to make that process hopefully. Smoother than not. And um, yeah, you can order a people are weird and hard coffee mug or a t-shirt or a too busy to flush hoodie or something. We have all that on our swag shack on our website too. We use a company called uh, Printful to do that on demand stuff, which all needs to be updated. I realize I've not updated it in a year and a half. I apologize, I'll get around to it. Again, there's a lot more I could be doing that I'm not because I'm lazy. Who else is lazy? Raise your hand in the room no just me okay,
1: cool. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm, I struggle with laziness but uh, <laughs> lately I've been very motivated because there's so much to do uh, you guys thank you for inviting us into your ears your lives for this last hour plus uh, your time is valuable and we don't take it for granted that you yep. think that it's worthwhile to listen to us
0: appreciate it thank you guys we'll see you hopefully next week